This is the Data Privacy Detective. Data clutter and privacy. We're going to talk about that today. A very exciting topic, actually, about how organizations uh, keep data, much of which they're not even knowledgeable that they have, and then the privacy risks that, that come into play. And with us is a great guest, Jason Cassidy. Jason, thank you for joining us today. Yeah, it's my pleasure, Joe. Thanks for having me. Well, uh, you're the CEO of Shiny Docs, uh, Shiny Docs, and uh, Jason, you've been at this uh, 20 years or more. You're a, an AI and information management expert, and I know you have a passion for data governance, security, and, and digital transformation. And Shiny Docs is a uh, listeners is a uh, an AI powered information management company. That's how to think about it. it it empowers users to find and understand and then take action about their data so they can make better business decisions. Well, Jason, let's start with databases that you have found and you've seen that organizations collect over time. What's what's in them? Yeah, so where, where we focus is the documents, files, media, and records. And uh, we all create them. Back in 2007, something very interesting happened is because we all became content creators, we lost the ability for humans to actually manage the data, to put it in the right place that the right records manager could find it for governance and compliance purposes. So we've been trying for the last, let's let's say, uh, 16 years to try to force people to put it in the right place or have the right behavior, but that's failed. So we need, obviously, especially now with new privacy regulations and other other uh, costing issues associated with data management, uh, we need to do something different. And certainly that's what we want to talk about today. Right. And it, 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 if you ever found an organization that holds only company data and doesn't have people's credit card numbers and, uh, you know, the, buying the tickets to the theater and so on. Oh, it's uh, there's a huge variety of information. The, the 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 reality is is that everybody has a social life outside of their company, but we overlap with our laptops and our and our phones, uh, and we have interactions with customers both ad hoc and formal. So of course, when somebody does a financial transaction, it goes into your financial transaction system, like your ERP or your CRM. It'll probably be looked after to standards and to law. However, uh, every once in a while, you'll do a sport call. You'll do these other things that interact with a computer more or a person more informally, where you exchange email, you exchange chat, and all of those things are still subject to privacy law. All of those things can be hacked and be used against you. So you have to have a, a pretty big 360 view when it comes to your data, uh, not just because there's pornography on your file shares, not just because there's Marvel movies on your file shares, but also because there's stuff on there that uh, by law and by policy, you got to get rid of or you have to manage it in a particular way. Sure. And some is very, very sensitive compared to just maybe home address. You know, some is health information or financial uh, data and so on. Well, uh, and, and beyond just that privacy aspect, databases or data sets are essential to AI. Uh, certainly, uh, you know, it's where things are headed, it seems today. And you know, so how can this all be organized and used to create valid data sets uh, to train AI devices without too much privacy risk? Well, it, and, and therein lies the 
a fun resurgent for the old world of information governance. Like it used to be that it, governance was its own reward. It's like we need to do proper record keeping because at some point in the future, something might happen and we need to recall this piece of information. That wasn't inspiring enough for companies to really want to invest any money in that. Whereas now we're talking about something that's at the front of business. It's like I can do the same amount of work with less employees or I can yield more widgets that I'm building with the same number of resources. I want to do that. So people are looking at artificial intelligence to start replacing some human decision making and automate some tasks. Well, right away, then you have to go, well, what are the decisions that people are making? How does the data relate to the business? And immediately the mess of information that we've created for ourselves since we've done digital record keeping in the last 30 years avails itself. So there's lots of techniques to deal with that, but it's not until we bloody our nose on trying to take our current messy data sets that we have, trying to give them to AI engines and realizing that the AI engines quickly become incompetent liars based upon this existing data that we we realize, okay, there's something else we have to do here. Yeah, because the problem can not be necessarily the platform or the technology, it can be in the data. Uh, without the data, the AI means nothing because that's what trains it. It's a little bit maybe, would you would you agree with me, with the way food was 50 years ago, you go to the grocery store, buy a can of whatever, and there you are. Today, it'll have this information on it that tells you where it was made, who handled it, uh, shelf life, uh, buy date, all this data. But data doesn't have that. And are we kind of headed in a world where we begin to identify in advance and then control where uh, how data is created and, and the, the provenance of it? Is that where we're headed? Well, it's people are always motivated by the I want to like a, a greed and fear. It's 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 a classic thing. I don't want to die. And when somebody dies because of the mishandling of food, all of a sudden the provenance of the food becomes very important. Where did this essential. come from? Yeah, yeah, it, it, it becomes essential. And then on mm -hmm. conversely, if if uh, if if something really good happens and we end up being more profitable, we want to recreate that. So the provenance matters a lot. So with with the average piece of data, you know, a document that might contain Joe's personal information, whether it be healthcare or whatever, uh, it's it's hard to really identify, well, what's the fear or greed motivator behind doing a good job of managing that information? It's It doesn't align the same way as food. So it's always been kind of ignored. It doesn't align with fear or greed, therefore we're not going to prioritize it. But now all of a sudden, the greed may, you know, you want to, I want to, create more with the same resources or I want to I want to create the same amount with less resources. So now all of a sudden greed, which is I'm not saying is a bad motivator. I'm just saying it's one of the two. It's a factor. It's it's, yeah, it's a factor. And so now, now all of a sudden it's like, man, we should be doing this with the data because it has the same concerns as that, you know, that that can of food that you're talking about previously. Yeah. Otherwise, data sets won't be reliable and AI is going to make mistakes. Well, exactly. what risks uh, does does data clutter pose for data privacy, meaning our personal uh, privacy? Yeah, like the the reality is, is that uh, we IT people, information technology, I'll throw them under the bus saying they always want to go for what's, you know, the thing that's easy for them that says the system of record. Joe, you need to put your data right here and you need to manage it just this way and then everything will be safe for people. And uh, the reality is that people work the way that they work. They send text messages, they email documents, they do all these types of things. Uh, and, and we create a mess of information. And 
like the answer to the fact that we create messes isn't to say we'll train people more because that costs energy and it doesn't align with the, with the normal motivators. So what has to happen is something needs to come in behind it and just say, okay, I'm going to clean this up on your behalf. Because absolutely every document that has your personal information in it is subject to privacy laws. It's subject to, it, it, it's scary if it gets hacked because of reputational damage, let alone fines and other things. So you absolutely must manage this information. And the old technique of saying, well, I'm going to, you know, carry a stick around and slap people when they don't put it in the right spot has never worked. So that's where. No, and it's so costly. I yeah. mean, usually somebody, a company that's had a data hack is going to spend millions of dollars dealing with it. And they're victim, too, in a way. Maybe they were sloppy and should have thought better, but they're victim, too. So how does an organization, might be a business, might be a university, uh, could be a hospital system. How, how can an organization organize its data to achieve data minimization? Now, only holding stuff that's really important using it efficiently and protecting sensitive personal information. Well, the model that we went after is very similar to what Google does on the public web. You've got your website on the public web, you've got your podcast out there, Google finds it, they package it in a particular way that makes it useful for their end users. So we, we look at that same model saying, we're not gonna force people to put in information wherever, we're just gonna go to where the information is, running just like virus scanning, you know, we don't even think about virus scanning. It just runs wherever your data is and tells you if it finds virus. Well, in this case, we run and we're constantly checking documents, files, media records for privacy information. We keep track of every document that we've seen before. So we say, oh, well, this is a duplicate. The same one that's in your email outbox is the same one that's on the file share and the same one that's in SharePoint. What do you want to do? Do you want to just have it in your system of record? So these are the types of activities and the, the secret sauce that that makes it accessible is when I say it runs just like virus scanning. You can't have people making decisions about this. You can't have people manually going off and doing this type of task because it's mundane. They don't know how it aligns with their motivations. So the idea of just having a, a robot kind of following behind you, cleaning up and minimizing the data and finding the privacy concerns to me is the only way to go about this. Well, let's take it in stages. I mean, do you, do you help businesses auto a classify content when it's being created? Yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah, and it's uh, very similar to that virus scanning metaphor is every time a new document shows up, if it's a lot like something that we've seen before, then we classify it that way automatically. And that's just to make up for the human de deficiency of we would love it if people would, you know, self-identify and say, this is this type of document and here's its attributes and here's how it aligns with the information that's in ServiceNow or in in uh, Salesforce or whatever, but people don't do that. They, people are people. Yeah. People make the document, they email it to their customer, they move on. So we look at that email and we say, hey, this looks like a proposal, but it's like other proposals. Does it align with what's in your ERP system? So that auto classification is, is kind of magic because now it does. we get away from the whole idea of ever having to force a user to do something. Right. It just finds right. it and then let, lets the the organization make a good decision as to what to do with the data. And then I think you've, you, you've already covered, of course, the holding of information. Uh, businesses, uh, organizations tend to hold more than they really want or need, and that creates a risk to them and therefore to the personal information. How yeah, about the file share aspect of this? I mean, I've read that uh, mid mid-sized businesses may have 200 data sharing agreements with other companies. How, how can you deal with that? 
Well, there's file shares come in, in, in many different forms. Like there's the old traditional, you know, the H drive that the company has. And, uh, and of course, that actually is the lion's share of where files are is still in 2023. Like we think of Google drives and Azure file storage and all these types of things and OneDrive, and that's where all our data is. But the reality is that's where about 5% of corporate data is. 5%. Yeah. The other 95% is in email, on file shares, on desktops, on mobile devices. It's everywhere else. Yeah. So I'm not saying that the cloud isn't a good place to put it. I'm just saying that this is the reality of where this stuff is. So so to come along and uh, be continuously monitoring that and cleaning that is is pretty powerful. We find that some customers that we found have eighty percent duplication of content across all sources. So Just doubling the risk of uh, somebody hacking into something yeah, massive that, uh, risk and targeting being victimized because an HVAC contractor uh, let people into their system. Oh, totally. Yeah, and it's yeah. It, it, you're unnecessarily putting your your vulnerabilities out there to other people and there was right. this old argument that disk is cheap but it's electricity is not free disks aren't free you have to replace them every year so i think that's dying in favor of now privacy and, and data minimization well now what you do puts you of course your company in in touch with massive amounts of data how do you how do you minimize your own risk that uh, you might be hacked so it's when we are very careful about taking on a customer's information any customer information so it's the, we we do it in a way that is uh the, that everybody understands exactly where the information is like we don't have our own hosting facilities we for us we host in the cloud lots of our customers will still host in their cloud or on premise and uh it's it just comes down to best practices like we we go through our our level of compliance associated with it and uh, and I won't go into the specific acronyms and details of the types yeah. of things we do, but it is uh, it, you have to realize that nothing is 100 percent secure and nobody expects it to be. And the idea is uh, just for us, when you swipe your credit card and say, I want to use some shiny docs, it's your very choiceful. You and it's our whole mantra is you need to know what your data, where your data is and what's happening to it. So we're extremely transparent as to is it your cloud? Is it our cloud? is a hybrid or is it on your premise so that the customers just, they're making a good decision. And then we, we do the best practices as best as we can. Yeah. Well, let's, let's finish up on this data clutter topic. We have a lot more to talk about, but what would your top tips one or two be first for organizations about dealing with the reality of data clutter and protecting sensitive personal information? Well, it, there used to be this whole idea of, well, let's get it off of our premise. Let's, uh, you know, hardware swapping out is expensive and having IT resources is, is expensive. And, uh, but unfortunately, most companies that we deal with have been six months away from their cloud migration for the last 10 years. So I'm not saying the cloud is bad or anything like that. I'm just saying that we spend too much time trying to move data from one place to another and not enough time actually understanding what the data is and how it relates to your business. So I'm gonna, my number one piece of advice is prioritize 80% of your focus on what data do we have? Is it compliant with our needs, not let alone law and policy? And then once you understand what you have using Shiny Docs tools or others, 
then you make a decision, okay, well, this must be here and this must be there and do the migration after. Too many people put the cart before the horse and say, well, we got a Microsoft agreement, so let's just move it all in there and we'll deal with it later. And it never gets dealt with. You get hacked. And and unfortunately, most hacks, people don't even have a clue what got hacked. They have to, and I heard in one of your podcasts previously, talk, a company talking vaguely about, well, certain documents were were leaked. Because that's all they know. They don't have a clue. And they couldn't tell the listener in that case uh, even what their healthcare provider was that might have been yeah. hacked. I mean, it left the listener in the dark. That's right. Yeah, because unfortunately, they don't know. They weren't doing any record keeping. They didn't have any systems cleaning up after users. And and again, I can't comment on that specific case. No, no, I, there, and I couldn't either. But a forensic uh, expert hired by a personal uh, plaintiff's attorney could find out and say, wait a minute, you knew. But, but yeah. that's uh, that's a topic. Well, what are your top? What, what would be your top tip be to individuals? After so, all, we all either work for somebody or we work for ourselves, but interact with others. How how about just your normal individuals? How do we deal with data clutter? What are your top tips? Well, the 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 number one top tip is to be very purposeful about uh, what it is that you do, knowing the data that you need to do your job, and knowing how to find that information. And when you're demanding of your business, make it really clear that it's like, this is my job and this is the exact one, two, three, four or five different types of information that I need to do my job fastest. And make that really clear that get me this information as automated as you can. People don't think about that. And what when you think about when we have Teams calls or Zoom calls or whatever that, and we collaborate to try to find information, or if I'm a service technician and I do a truck roll to go and measure something to come back to the office to then design what the solution should be for a break fix. All of these are very expensive ways of just saying, I don't know the information that I already have. So rather than saying, here's a tool or here's a technique or whatever, uh, the most important thing that you can do is understand what you need to do your job and then demand that from the business as quickly as possible so that you don't have to collaborate, so that you don't have to get in a vehicle and go measure something that you should already know. Right. And if something sensitively personal to you, maybe don't put it on the organization's website to begin with. You, oh, you, yeah, you, for you, sure. Yeah, keep the wedding Gmail photos. Or something else. Yeah, keep your personal information off of the devices. Don't have your wedding photos on there and all that, because not only is it expensive, but it also creates privacy risk for everybody. Great privacy risk. Well, Jason, thank you very much. You've taken us on a great tour and uh, let's get you back in a year or so. We'll see if the if things have improved in data clutter or not. And I will remind us uh, all, dear listeners, as I always close, protecting your personal property and privacy begins with you.